Hello, this is Jack Bittner, the producer for the Family Beacon podcast. A few months ago, we began a venture into the podcast sphere. Since then, we've recorded 16 episodes. We're so grateful for all the support we've received. For this special episode of the Family Beacon podcast, we're including some of the greatest hits from the episodes we've produced thus far. From Minnesota Family Council, I hope you enjoy this collection of episode segments. This is the Family Beacon. This is the new podcast from Minnesota Family Council. We are the Minnesota's only statewide group devoted to fighting for life, family, religious freedom. We're here today because we want you to be able to stay informed on the crucial issues facing our state. We want you to be able to have a framework for understanding what you hear in the news. We, we are prayerfully looking at what are the top stories this week when it comes to life, family, and religious freedom. We're in a, we're in a new era where there's an unprecedented attack on religious freedom. There are unprecedented opportunities to defend the sanctity of life. And um, God's design for the family is also um, imperiled by developments over the last few years. So this is the time, this is the moment for us to get, in, to get engaged and uh, to equip you, equip the rising generation to fight for life, to stand for truth. And that's why we're here today. Christians are still pretty respected. The Christian worldview is very prominent still. So if you're saying that the world is has a negative attitude towards Christianity, you're wrong. It's it's really it's pretty it's pretty peaceful out there. It really isn't. That's not true. No. This sort of thing is happening here in Minnesota. It's right. happening nationwide. And it's an attack on religious liberties, it's an attack on Christianity, it's an attack on children. So I think this just goes to illustrate that we are living in a post-truth world. You know, two plus two equals five in our world. Read 1984, up is down. You know, what is not true is apparently true. Whatever mm-hmm. isn't scientific is science, apparently. You know, it's just everything is spinning, and it's, it's a good reminder, Moses. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and, and so what, why is this issue coming up? It's because young people are hurting. It's mm-hmm. because young people are telling their peers and their parents, mm-hmm. I identify as uh, non-binary or identify as um, something other than what I was born as. And that is a problem that we're seeing in this generation more than any other. And that is, I think that's so dangerous. So, so Grace, the problem here is that minors, young people, children are telling their peers, telling their parents mm-hmm. that they are uh, transgender or non-binary. That's, that is happening now in this generation more than it ever has in the past. So what on earth is going on in Generation Z? You are Generation Z. Mm-hmm. Help us understand like the mindset of these young people. Yeah. Great question. Really glad you brought that up. So recently, uh, New York Post uh, ran an article titled, Gen Z is made of zombies, less educated, more depressed, without values. And, Oof. <laughs> right. And just that headline alone, you know, that's we'll put that on the screen too. That just... Wow, that really hits hard and it really catches your attention, you know, for good reason. Yeah. Uh, the whole article itself is actually centered around a book uh, called Hollowed Out, A Warning About America's Next Generation. And that book is written by Jeremy Adams, who is a teacher. Um, he has one... Like, so he sees this firsthand. Right, he sees this firsthand in his classrooms. So teacher Jeremy Adams is the author. And this whole article is basically just about the book that he wrote. It's an op-ed. And... Um, it's, it's so interesting. So he, I'm going to read just a quote from you from his book. Uh, he sta- this is what he states, Moses. He, sa- he frets that today's Gen Z are, is barren of the behavior, values, and hopes from which human beings have traditionally found higher meaning or even mm. simple contentment. 
So Adam's word for our generation, my generation, uh, is hollowed out. He says we're hollowed out. He says we're a generation living solitary lives, hyper-connected to technology, but unattached to our families, churches, and communities. That is insane. I know. And doesn't it really just hit it right on the head of the problem? Because, I mean, he in his book, so I actually went on last night when I was researching for this, I went on Amazon Preview, and I was like, wow, this book looks so good. So I started reading it, right? Mm -hmm. Something he points to in his book, this is just the first few chapters, he cites statistics showing that teen depression has risen 63%, 63% from 2007 to 2017. And uh, uh, suicide in teens has grown 56%. And you know what happened in 2007? Uh, The first iPhone came out. Really? Yeah. See, I'm so young, guys. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not a coincidence. And not only that, but he he also talks about this in his book. Suicide has become the second leading cause of death in my generation. Oh, my gosh. Second leading cause of death. So first leading cause is accidents, but second leading is suicide. Oh, my goodness. Right. Like, that is... That is an existential threat mm-hmm. to our, not like that these people, you, Grace, and, and, and your peers mm-hmm. are literally the future of this country. Mm-hmm. And, and we're looking at a future where young people are, are hollowed out. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, well, t- tell me more about what that means. I'm mm-hmm. not sure I'm quite taking that on board fully. Yeah, let's talk more about that because that's, that's good. I, um, Really, his main point in this, Jeremy Adams, and I absolutely agree with him. I think what he's saying is right, right, absolutely right. Um, His main point is about, one of his main points anyways, is about screens and technology and how that's impacting my generation. And truly, I... I think he's right. You know, if we're sitting down at, if I'm sitting down at a restaurant with my friend and I go to the bathroom and I come back, my friend is usually like on his or her phone texting away. It's, mm-hmm. we have this, like, we don't have a big attention span. You know, we constantly have to be entertained because we have screens surrounding us so much of the time. And so here's some things that screens cause. I've done a bit of research on this. I've thought about this a lot because I am a part of the digital generation. Screens can cause laziness uh, because you're just sitting around on your on your phone or on your computer. And actually, I was looking into this too. Teens are more likely to want to stay at home and watch Disney Plus or Netflix than they are to want to go out and hang out with their friends in person. That's insane. I know. I know. That's insane. So sad. I I I grew up. I did grow up on the. in the pre-smartphone generation. Smartphones mm-hmm. were not a thing until I was in high school, and I didn't get one until I was out of college, I think. But, um, and, and, and so, like, it would never have occurred to me, well, actually, actually, no, I take that back, because digital addiction was already a thing. I was sitting at home on the computer, mm-hmm. engaging with people on Facebook and in forums, and I, I, yeah, I, I absolutely like. I understand a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. This is way before like the idea of selfies and right. all that Snapchat, stuff. Snapchat, yeah, which but, the whole concept of Snapchat too is you have to be on the app every single day to keep a streak. Every single day you have to open an app, so you're attached to this app. And if you don't go on the app and send a picture to your friend, then you lose your streak. That is like the epitome classic, of addiction. Like addiction mentality, right? Yeah. Right. And I used to, I used to have a Snapchat account like in high school. Wow, I'm old. Four years ago or whatever, I used to have one. That's insane. And then I realized, you know, why am I doing this? You know, is it because everyone else does? Yeah, it was because everyone else did. Ridiculous. Um, sorry, mm. I cut you off there, Moses. But no, 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 I'm I'm done. You're absolutely right. And imagine what COVID lockdowns did oh to my this. Gosh, I yeah. actually have stats on this. This yeah. is mentioned in the book. Jeremy wrote that he there was a study conducted. There's an es- estimated um, a young person's so Gen Z screen time increased an estimated five times 
five hours a day during COVID. Five hours a day. Wow. During and some COVID. of that's class time with online classes. True. But still. But still. That's yeah. That's insane. That's so much time. So anyways, you know, it can cause laziness because you're sitting around. Other things that screens and technology can cause for young people is, you know, depression and suicide, like we've talked about. Mm. Depression and suicide skyrockets. And, you know, why is that? Good question. Social media is a comparison game. Mm. Uh, you're going on there. You're seeing other people. And, you know, we have to realize if we're going to use social media, and I use social media, so I'm not saying everyone needs to completely get off of it. But if you're using it, recognize that everyone's social media is a highlight reel. Everyone's showing the best of themselves. Right. You're able to curate your identity. You're able to show only what you want other people to see. So what people see of me online is exactly what I want them to see. They're not seeing everything else behind the scenes. And we have to remember that. Oh, my gosh. That's so... That's so so devastating mm-hmm. the idea that you could be an uh, a young girl or a young yeah. guy and and you're looking and and your your peers are putting out this version of themselves that is sugarcoated mm-hmm. i mean that that's probably the kindest possible word for it or downright fictional in this in the way that they're presenting themselves and then you're comparing yourself to that and you feel like you can never measure up right right Ex- absolutely and even in a world where it's insane because social media is a world where likes are the most important thing. You know, like how many likes you get on a photo or how many followers you have. It's just, it's so material, you know? It's 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 absolutely crazy. And it's crazy that it's completely taken over our generation because, you know, in your generation, that wasn't even a thing. Like when was Facebook created? 2004. 2004, 2004. You know, I was three years old then. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's crazy. It hasn't even been around for that long. And Instagram is very recent. Snapchat is very recent. Anyways, moving on. The Women's March isn't about fighting for equality at this point. It's about fighting for abortion. Mm-hmm. It's not about a noble cause. And that's why they get so mad when we show up and we stand for the truth. Because truth is winsome and truth always wins in the end. And I want to conclude uh, just this this whole part about the Women's March just talking about abortion and feminism, Moses. Mm-hmm. Because the feminist movement truly has been hijacked by the abortion industry. And I don't say that lightly. I just want to read you a quote from Alice Paul, who was an American women's suffrage leader, and she was a women's right activist. She was one of the very first feminists. She said, abortion is the ultimate exploitation of women. Now, uh, that's absolutely so true. Elizabeth Cady Stanton also wrote about abortion, or she was when she was asked about abortion, she referred to abortion as infanticide. And she wrote that when we consider that women are treated as property, it is degrading to women that we should treat our children as property to be disposed of as we see fit. Wow. So this is what earlier feminists yes. thought about abortion. The first feminists. This is what they thought about abortion. So true feminists, as we know, fight for the lives and the rights of pre-born women because women's rights begin in the womb. Mm-hmm. And the feminist movement has tried to tell us time and time again, the now feminist movement has tried to tell us, no, if you're not pro-choice, if you aren't pro-abortion, then you're not pro-woman. Well, the earliest feminists fought for the rights of the pre-born. And that's why we as women should fight for the rights of the pre-born as well. One of the many reasons. And true feminism does not suppress the rights of others. It doesn't degrade true femininity and say that it's toxic. It promotes equality among all people from the very youngest to the very oldest, among the pre-born and the living. And true feminism True feminism does not include abortion because abortion hurts women and it also hurts our children. People are recognized to have the right to life from the moment they are conceived because they're created in the image of God. And and if, if you think that's like calling that some kind of Taliban terrorist scheme mm-hmm. says more about you than me. Okay? okay, that's all I'm saying. Grace, yeah. 
we have um, a lot. Everyone's everyone feels that they have to comment on this bill. Right. It's it's creating a huge stir. Tell us about uh, some of the other people who are uh, supporting this bill at yeah. the national level. So the Satanists are also supporting this bill. And oh, so wonderful. I know this can make us feel <laughs> uncomfortable because a lot of people don't want to talk about Satanists, but we do need to talk about it because, um, because if you're a Christian and you're on the side of the Satanists, then you need to ask yourself why. Why you're siding with what the Satanists are siding with. Grace, just a second. Read the, what the headline was the of headline? that article. I okay. just thought this was... This was so... This is the article. This is run by Salon.com. Why Satanists may be the last, comma, best hope to save abortion rights in Texas. Lord Jesus Christ, come quickly. <laughs> that yeah. is just so it, horrifying. So this is a non-theistic, right, meaning they don't believe in God, organization that's headquartered in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, and they joined the legal fray this week by sending a letter to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration demanding access to abortion pills for its members. Uh, this group has established an abortion ritual, and oh, they're a satanic abortion ritual. Yes, and they are attempting to use the Religious Freedom Restoration Act um, to argue that the members of the satanic cult should be allowed access to abortion drugs uh, for religious purposes uh, for any reason whatsoever. So their their main slogan is "Thyself is thy master," um, meaning that you know whatever you, whatever you think is right is right, whatever you want is right. Um, this is a direct quote from their website because I did some digging. They say, The satanic abortion ritual provides spiritual comfort and affirms bodily autonomy, hmm, self-worth, and freedom from coercive forces with the affirmation of their seven tenets. The ritual is not intended to convince a person to have an abortion. Instead, it sanctifies, it sanctifies the abortion process by instilling confidence and protecting bodily rights when undergoing the safe and scientific procedure. Unreal. There are so many things wrong with that. I'm just going to talk about a few. Number one, this satanic abortion ritual, apparently, uh, this group claims to, to affirm bodily autonomy and to be on the side of science. One of their tenets literally says that beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world and one should take care never to distort scientific facts, facts to fit one's belief. Now, okay, so let's take that for a minute. They claim to uphold bodily autonomy and they claim to uphold science. Two strikes against them. They don't do either of those things. One, bodily autonomy begins in the womb. A baby's, the baby's body is not your body. I'll say that again. The baby's body is not your body because life begins in conception. From the moment of conception, a baby has its own unique DNA. The baby has a brain that's separate from its mom. It has a heart that's separate from its mom. The baby is not the mother's body. So it does not affirm bodily autonomy. So the, and what they're saying they're standing behind doesn't. And it also doesn't affirm science. Science states that life begins at conception. So they don't affirm science. Right. Um, and then also, it says that they state that it sanctifies the abortion process. You cannot, sanctify means to make holy. You cannot make holy the murder of the innocent. And actually, Satanists can't make anything holy. Right, they can't because that would really <laughs> remove, that would like make Satanists It would require them to believe in something holy instead of something unholy. Right, and then the last thing I just want to rant on here is they say that, that undergoing an abortion is safe. A safe and scientific procedure. There's nothing safe and, or scientific about it because it's in every single successful abortion, a human dies, right. the, the preborn baby. And in most abortions, there are complications for women. 
women are more likely to hemorrhage. Physical or emotional. Physical or emotional because women will hemorrhage. They can lose lots of blood. Um, sometimes they need to be rushed to the hospital because they've lost too much blood because abortion is not a natural procedure. Women are literally made to give birth. We if are you, not. If you follow, like, if you follow a pro-life uh, action group, like mm-hmm. our, our friends at Pro-Life Action Ministries, yeah. for example, You'll you'll they'll, they'll post fairly frequently um, about the ambulance coming to the back door of Planned Parenthood St. Paul. Why mm-hmm. is that happening? Because complications from abortion are not rare. No, they're the normal. Because again, it's not natural. Your body was made. Women's bodies were made to give birth. They were not made to have their child prematurely ripped from them. It's not normal. Amen. Um, and yeah, depression rates skyrocket. Uh, your your uh, chances of infertility skyrocket. There's so much that abortion does to hurt women. So they're, it's not safe. Um, so these Satanists are citing religious freedom uh, as the reason that they should have unlimited access to abortion. And so they say this on their website. They say, we take legal action to make sure Satanists receive the same treatment as people of other faiths. And so what they're citing here is they're actually citing the Hobby Lobby uh, versus Burwell uh, decision. That was a landmark decision back in 2014. So that's, I was, just, that's just very... Um very ironic. <laughs> right, which is ironic because, so I was a baby back in, in 2014. Um, this she was wasn't like seven, literally a seven baby. Seven years she, ago. She has a tendency to exaggerate. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this was about seven years ago, but basically what happened there was uh, Hobby Lobby got sued by some people because they, under the Obamacare, um, the Obamacare Act, you were required to provide contraceptive care in your health care for employees, and they didn't want to because they're a religious organization. Um, uh, So they were against birth control. Um, And they won that case, actually. And so these Satanists actually say, you know, Hobby Lobby won this case, therefore we should use our religious freedom, we should have full access to abortion so that we can perform these abortion rituals because of our religion. Now, what's the difference? What's our argument there? Um, Yes, you are free in America to practice your religion, um, have you please, as long as you are not hurting other people or murdering other people. So in America, you can um, practice your religion. You have that right as long as you aren't killing people. And so right now, um, you know, the Hobby Lobby thing, that doesn't that doesn't kill anyone. That's a specific religious uh, freedom that they're free to exercise. But this would enable them to kill another person. So there is a difference there. There is a massive difference between the between the Supreme Court saying that mm-hmm. a, a a company founded and owned by religious people with a sincere constitutionally protected uh, objection to to birth control something which uh, something which is a you know a controversial social issue mm-hmm. uh, in this country uh, and 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 like that that would be equivalent to someone saying no 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 you need to you need to allow me to have an abortion, something which ends a life, as you say, mm-hmm. that like there is no equivalency there. No, and so that's their argument. Um, I want to wrap up on this point because we don't need to we don't need to uh, belabor the Satanist point, but I want to close uh, this section just by stating that at root, as Christians, we need to remember that this is just a example that this that there is a constant war between the woman and the serpent. Um, this began in the garden, and it will not end until Christ returns. Mm-hmm. So we must not be oblivious to that, and we must remember that. And uh, again, if you're a Christian and you're on the side of the Satanists here, if you're supporting what the Satanists are supporting, ask yourself why. Grace, I want to give you it, an example of that. Sure. The head of the National Abortion Federation is not a Satanic priest or a, a Wiccan or a mm-hmm. pagan. Uh, the head of the National Aborth- Abortion Federation is the very reverend Dr. Catherine Hancock Ragsdale, an Episcopal priest 
and the president and CEO of the National Abortion Federation. So there are Christians, quote unquote, mm -hmm. who not only support abortion, but who work every day. Who champion it. Who champion it. Um, the, um, uh, the National Abortion Federation is, is one of the not super significant, but national organizations mm -hmm. advocating for abortion, and they are they are advocating for the killing of babies. They are finding common cause with the Satanists, mm -hmm. and uh, this this woman who is a priest or possibly even a bishop in the Episcopal Church um, uh, is is on the side of the Satanists. And so, as Grace says, if you are if you, check yourself, okay, yes, if you yourself. are a Christian and you're like, oh yes, but. A woman's right to choose is sacrosanct. Look who's on your side. Yes, and it is absolutely true that a Christian who supports abortion either doesn't understand what abortion is or they don't understand what Christianity is. Mm, absolutely, so, that's good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Moses. I, I just have to say, Grace is awesome. Grace has been <laughs> fighting for life for uh, since since she was uh, a teenager, and and she has worked in the uh, in the pro life sphere all that time, and 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 she continues to do that. Follow her on Instagram. Oh, um, wow, giving me a shout out. Yeah, I'm giving you a shout out. Don't follow me on Instagram because I don't, I don't ever post dead. on it. <laughs> I just posted a rant about Lyft giving money to um, supporting. Um, supporting this new, or going against this new Texas law, and they're going to fully cover any drivers that are sued under this law that are driving women to abortion, abortion things. I just, I just did a rant on that. So, yeah, if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, so, Moses, let's move on to our final topic uh, yeah. before we close out. What's the Biden administration have to do this with this? What What's the Biden administration doing? So the Biden administration... Um, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna try to interfere in in the affairs of any state that to, that tries to pass this law, mm -hmm. and so um, the the way that they're doing this right now. So we're talking about Attorney General Merrick Garland, and he uh, if you think back a few years, he was nominated uh, to be on the Supreme Court, and he would be on the Supreme Court if Hillary Clinton had won the 2016 election. But events took a different course, mm -hmm. and uh, Joe Biden nominated him to be his attorney general. So now we have someone uh, who, and, and he's, he's revealing his true colors here, right? Like, people, ever, everyone thought he was a moderate when he was nominated for the Supreme Court. But now, when it comes to abortion, we see he's, he's playing his hand. So he's saying the, Justin, the Justice Department, which he heads, is urgently exploring all options to challenge Texas SB8 in order to protect the constitutional rights of women and other persons, right? Because not uh -huh. only women can have an abortion. Right, because, yeah, oh, men and goodness. women can yeah. get pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this, sorry, mini rant. Yeah. When people say, no uterus, no opinion, I'm like, what? Because it's so ridiculous. Because then you're literally affirming women's bodily autonomy and saying only women have a uterus. Yeah. But then they turn around and at the other side of their mouth, they're saying, oh, no, men and women can both have kids and men and women both have uteruses. But if you're a man, you've got to shut up about abortion because you don't have an opinion. It's, it's so fun. Ridiculous. It's so fun to watch from the sidelines as like these as the kind world of goes into chaos and explodes because they don't affirm truth, oh, fundamental yes. truth. Well, when well you, preach when it. You, yeah. No, when you throw objective truth out the window, that's what happens. You say one thing and then you say another thing and it's completely contradictory. And it's just like, well, I'll and just it's sit fun, back it's here fun to watch. It, yeah, it's fun to sit back and watch from the sidelines as these crazy left wing battle axe feminist types from the old, the destroy old, destroy their rights. The old guard and they're like being a woman is something special that's why we don't support the patriarchy that type of thing right, and that's that's why abortion is you know necessary it's given by god or whatever that whatever they say and then the other side is like 
being a woman is whatever I feel yeah, like it being is. A, being a woman is a social construct. Being a woman is a social construct. And, and moreover, trans men, that is to say women who identify as men, can obviously in most cases get pregnant and um and therefore uh <laughs> therefore you'll see people saying it's not just women who can get abortions right as right. as as, as in, right. in fact here we have the department of justice of the united states of america saying women and oh. other persons oh my gosh it's horrifying so what there's what they're trying to do is saying well there's this federal law that uh, prevents people from interfering with people who are trying to get into any type of medical facility. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're and honestly, it seems kind of weak to me. Like, they start by saying, we're looking at all options to challenge this bill. And then they say, and here's one thing. And it's sort of like, okay, so you're kind of admitting that this thing is not very uh, not a very strong way to challenge the Texas law. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, there's the, this press uh, press release is literally five paragraphs. So there's nothing, yeah. no, there's not much yeah. there. But President Biden has come out and saying he's going to fight everything, you know, the women's right to choose, blah, 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 blah. Such a, um, you know, such a about face from President Biden, who used to be one of the most moderate Democrats yeah. on abortion, mm-hmm. who uh, who opposed taxpayer funding for abortion until mm-hmm. about five minutes before he was elected. Right. Grace, we're coming for yep. landing. We uh, we wanted to talk about the Texas law more on the show because it has had such huge implications. Mm-hmm. The pro-abortion lobby was definitely caught unawares by this. They were not expecting a law. What a to, huge win for life. It, they were not expecting yeah. a law to take effect. It is a huge win for life because there are literally babies who are going to be born yes. now who were not who were going to have their lives taken away from them in Texas by abortion providers who are now going to live to fight another yes. day and that's amazing. Don't let anyone tell you that life isn't winning. Life is winning. Other states are following suit. Life is winning, life is precious, and we're going to keep on fighting for it because my generation is the pro-life generation and we will abolish abortion in my lifetime. I strongly believe that. Absolutely. And I, I didn't used to think that, and also I'm old in grace, but I, I, I have come to believe that. I've come to be mm-hmm. so hopeful about mm-hmm. that. And I, I just ask that you'll work and pray with us to, to end it yeah. in Minnesota, not just in the country at large, but in Minnesota. We have a, we have a lot of work to do. Men are not able to... Uh, many men are not able to just get on that pipeline because they okay. aren't getting on the education pipeline, which goes to the work pipeline, and then they their lifetime earnings are depressed, and then they they like, if I have a good job, mm-hmm. then I'm motivated to get up in the morning, and yep. I'm motivated to go to work, and I'm motivated to provide, I'm motivated to enter the if I'm single, I'm motivated to enter the dating market and be a high value match for some for some woman. But if I'm not. If I don't have a good job, mm-hmm. if I don't have good education prospects, then what I do is I sit at home on my, on my, on my tush, eating Doritos <laughs> and, and Cheetos, and I eat, I eat, uh, I eat, eat chips off my chest and Ew. play Halo Two, as the song says. <laughs> like play, just play video games, or worse, and we see this locally in our area, mm-hmm. get involved in crime. Yeah. Why is crime a problem? Because there are no opportunities for young men. Mm-hmm. Because the, there are failing well, schools, failing schools, no job market for a quote unquote low skill jobs, uh, or there are plenty of low skill jobs, but those jobs don't have a pathway to stability. I see so I many ads. I, I I'm sorry, uh, this is such a soapbox for me because I care about um, about uh, the fact that our society is hostile to men. It 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 just it just is. And but one our, of the our ways society it is, I think is more hostile to women. No, I disagree. Really? No, I absolutely disagree. Wow. Be- because no, I mean, look at the, what what's I mean, what's what is the single men, most important thing that people can achieve in our culture? It's getting a bachelor's degree. 
Sixty percent of bachelor's degrees are awarded to women. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I mean it needs women to be work 50/50. pretty hard. What can I say? Well, I'm not. No, women deserve their success. Yeah. But I'm I'm saying that that our culture is. I really think like I do think it's hard because there are. I wouldn't say that there aren't any opportunities to young men because I definitely think there are. It's just there's sometimes you are handed an opportunity and all you have to do is take it. Um, I think I've been handed a lot of opportunities in my life and I'm very grateful for that. And all I've had to do is go pursue it and say yes to that. But a lot of people have to go out there and have to find that opportunity to fight for even the opportunity. And so definitely I think that there's there's differences, especially where depending on where you live, your family background, the connections that your family has. But at the same time, Last night I was at a Twins game in Minneapolis, and cool. It, did they win? They they did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. And Breaking news: the Twins won a game. Oh my goodness! They were playing the Tigers, <laughs> and I actually love the Tigers because I'm from Michigan. But <laughs> I should have worn my Twins. So judgmental. <laughs> Anyways, I was walking home, and they were just. I was walking home. I know I was with other people, so it was safe. Trust me, relatively. But there's just a lot of guys sitting on their butts in the streets, smoking pot, cat calling me, and I was like. I didn't say anything, obviously, but it was just. You why walked we, home you, from Target Field to where you live yeah. in Phillips. No, not where I live to the church. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't. I would never walk through Phillips at night, ever, okay. ever. Yeah, do not do that. Leave. But anyways, I was with other people, had my pepper spray in my hand, but still, it was just like, why can't you get off your butt, stop calling me names, and go get a job? It's not that hard to get a job at McDonald's. That's better than sitting on the street. The problem, though, I think this plays into it, is that most people can get paid more money to sit on their butts and do nothing and because of the government handing out free money than they can to work a minimum wage job at McDonald's, which is depressing. Well, that's, 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 that's only true if you're actively looking for work. That's how you qualify right. for unemployment still, insurance. Yeah, you can do that. And it's just the government can pay you more money to not work. Then you can't no, no, work. That's abs- that's absolutely a thing. That's a policy thing that mm-hmm. affects both men and women. Um, but but one thing, and and this this applies to both men and women. The mm-hmm. the there's no pathway oftentimes from the low wage jobs that we see advertised, like like working at McDonald's or working in a warehouse. There's no uh, or being a school bus driver. Those got to be the three most common ads I see. And then it's all like, oh, 15 bucks an hour. It's like, great. You could probably pay the bills, but you can't buy a house with that kind of money and, right. unless you're married. And you and, and there's also no pathway from, or very little pathway, from flipping burgers to owning a restaurant, to actually creating wealth. You have to go out there and tr- and you have to and you have to make connections and you have to f- search for those opportunities. You really do. I'm not saying that you that it's hard, but like if you look at someone like Fodi Bakum, who I've been studying his life recently, he was born to a single mom. His dad left his mom, which is tragic. And mm-hmm. he grew up in a not so good area and he went to school and even though his school system wasn't the best, he tried very hard. He was very academically motivated. He thrived in school. At first he wasn't. At first first he was kind of a bum in school. And then his mom talked to him and said, You are my son, I expect more from you. And mm-hmm. then he started getting A's and being smart and talking in class. And then he went to college and again he just he applied himself. And I think that's something that we can take away from this is that you can accomplish so much if you simply work work hard, if you're on time, if you're respectful. These are things that you can control about yourself that you don't need anything else for. If you're on time to things, if you dress, if you dress well, if you don't dress like you're just sitting around, if you don't wear pajama pants, wear some nice slacks, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. Right. And then you work hard and be respectful of others. Like these are things that so you can do. That's absolutely right. And I, I want to say this to the men. Like, mm-hmm. Um, God designed men for leadership, okay? That is the biblical model. That does not mean 
that every man is a great leader in the workplace and that every woman has to be submissive and stay at home. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that men need, men crave the ability to lead and that comes from the ability to hustle. Thanks for listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MN Family Council and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth. Thank you.